Welcome to Health System CIO's podcast interview with Nick Patel, Chief Digital Officer at Prisma Health. In part two, Patel talks about one of the most critical mistakes organizations make with digital engagement initiatives, the unintended consequences of EHR adoption and what they can teach leaders, and the two components that need to be in place to enable a CDO to be successful. We'll get to our interview in a moment, but first, a brief word from our sponsor. At CrowdStrike, we stop breaches, and it all starts with a tiny endpoint software sensor that works with Windows, Linux, Mac, and mobile, deploying fast with no reboots and no blue screens. We protect nearly 200 healthcare organizations with more joining us every day. Find out more about the power of the crowd at crowdstrike.com healthcare. Going back a little bit, you talked about how one of the first initiatives involved um, online scheduling for providers. And can you talk about like why you decided to kind of start in that area? Um, was part of it just really getting them on board or what was the thinking there? Yeah, the first part was really, we didn't have a really good website presence around who we were and who our providers were. And we really wanted to build that provider directory that also had the reputation score or the star rating, as well as a personal story about the provider. We wanted the ability for people to do keyword searches. So if they put in diabetes, it would show up everyone that's qualified to treat you for diabetes. But we also wanted to be able to click in. So it's hard when you're trying to find a provider. Traditionally, you, you essentially have to either do Google or ask friend who's good, who's not good. What's around me? What's the best place to go around me? I don't want to drive 20 miles. You know, so this allows you to do that all in one place. But that only gets you the information, right? It only gets you to so far. Then you got to like, okay, I've had this digital experience all the way up to here. Now I know exactly which provider I want. I saw his video. I like his credentials. I like his ratings. But now I need an appointment. And then what you have to do is call a phone number. So converting from digital to analog is, is where you lose customers. And so we wanted to be able to go, okay, here's the actual provider that you decided to pick. It, it fits your needs, but let's click in to what's convenient to you to set up an appointment instead of calling a practice, going through a phone tree, waiting for them to come back to you and go, oh, by the way, that person's not available for two weeks or three weeks. And, and then you have to accommodate the provider on when you can see them. So we wanted to have the ability to click in and schedule yourself at the same time, not only for seeing a provider, but if you need a mammogram need to get a bone scan, all those types of things, kind of self-service that's convenient for the patient, which puts the patient at the center, not the provider. Okay. So as a practicing physician, from how you got there to chief digital officer, is this something that, that you were interested in for a while or how did you kind of make that transition? Yeah, gosh, it's a long story, but I'll try to keep it brief. <laughs> Before I went to medical school, I took a year off. And I actually worked as a Unix programmer. I really liked technology ever since I was a little kid. Uh, building computers. I had a Commodore 64. I, you probably not have heard what that is, but a long time ago. Okay. And, uh, you know, I just, and then, you know, all the Mac products. I just always loved computers. And then what I, one of the biggest pet peeves I have is inefficiency. And it was when I, you know, decided to go to medical school, being in the tech industry and seeing how efficient things work there. Going into healthcare was like stepping back 50 years, going back in time. And, and what I mean by that is not so much from how we provide care and advances in healthcare and medicine, but really how we actually deliver that care and how we communicate with each other. Uh, when I went to medical school, I remember having to round and there's a carousel with charts in it. And you have to find that chart before you're round and the pink sheets are where doctors wrote. 
uh, a note and you had to go find that chart and you had to go write your note before you rounded with your attending. Well, sometimes a patient's getting a CT scan. So that chart goes with the patient and you have to scramble to find that chart. You couldn't do anything without that chart. And in the early days, it was amazing. I was thinking, it's like, why don't we have digital records for patients? You know, it, it'll right, get rid right. of errors. We'll be able to measure uh, metrics, we can data analytics, all these things. Of course, as a medical student and then resident, it was hard for me to do a startup, but I, I always right. was interested in it. And it was great to see it. So I went from paper charts to uh, multiple EHRs in my journey. And I won't go through which ones they were, but I could tell you that it was a lot of unintended consequences of disruptions that occurred with the deployment of that. Burnout went up, providers quit. We saw productivity drop, you know, between 25 to 33%. And it's almost like everywhere you saw studies over studies that just showed that. And then we see optimization happen over the last, especially accelerate in the last five years. We've seen interoperability really accelerate in the last two to three years. And then, you know, you see this massive up curve in digital health innovation. And so it's been great to been on that whole journey. And, and it's, it's different when it's kind of like if you never knew what it is to drive an old used car, but your first car was a Ferrari, you wouldn't know what the difference was, right? But right. The good news is I've got to see everything from the start, from nuts and bolts of it being built. And now we're seeing things, digital health. We're doing projects right now in 3D print. We're using VR for palliative care and behavioral health. I mean, these are types of things that I only dreamed of when I was uh, going through training. And it's been great to be part of that strategy. But it's you have to be very prescriptive of how you do it. You know, it's not the nice shiny toy that you're going after every single time. So long as you start with the patient need in mind, you understand the the uh, workflows and, and making sure it's not as disruptive as what the EHRs have been, then you're going to be successful. But it needs to be done in a seamless way and it needs to be continuous. It needs to feel like one thing connects you to something else. It's not, I have to click mm-hmm. here 10 times and then go over here and click 10 times. It, it needs to be something that is easy to use and makes you want to use it because it's going to make your life easier. And that's really what's very dear to my heart because I've lost many providers to deployment of EHRs. Uh, some of them were my mentors, who are wonderful docs who could have practiced another 10 years who decided to hang up the white coat because they just didn't want to deal with it. But, you know, it's amazing what we've done. And now we even have scribes for our providers who do most of the documentation uh, and they sign off on it at the end of the day. So it's something that I've always been core to my heart uh, outside of taking care of patients because... I think I could be a better doctor if I had the right technology and the number one tool for any provider is information. And that's how we come up with diagnosis and treatment. And I think we just have to give it a face front and so the easiest way we can. And so that's, I really am a major advocate, not only for patients, but for our own providers to be able to use technology that's meaningful. Yeah. And, and with that answer, which I thought was very interesting, it really became clear, you know, the, the value of having that physician experience in this role. And do you think that we'll start to see more digital officers with that physician experience? I think so. You know, it's interesting what I've seen in the CDO role. A lot of them are not even providers. A lot of them didn't even come from healthcare. Like if you look at Kaiser Permente's mm. CDO, he came from Home Depot. If you look at back to South Florida, he came from Disney. So he shows you that you need to put your retail hat on and you really need to understand workflow and and how do we deliver that retail experience. But you definitely have to have a clinician involved. And I I do think that uh, you'll see more clinicians in the role. Some of the roles have been called chief digital officer, some are chief digital transformation officer, some, as you've seen, chief experience officer. So it's, uh, there's a lot of these new roles that are springing up, but 
the key to, to the success of that person, irregardless position or non-position, is a, a setting up the appropriate governance in order to be effective. Uh, that's actually just leads right into the last thing I wanted to ask was, you know, for organizations that are looking to hire someone in, in this role and what's really the most important thing that they should look for? Yeah, I think you need to have someone that is experienced, that understands the objectives of the health system. And if you even look, and I've been offered many positions as CEO, the job descriptions are about 60% overlap, but then there's also people that don't understand the CEO is not really supposed to augment the EHR. EHR is part of the strategy, but not leading by it. You're not trying to be the CMIO. And, and you have to define clearly you know, the reporting structure for this. And if you think of the CDO, it really needs to be somebody that's kind of in between the CIO and the CMIO. CMIO really laser focused on EHR, its optimization, its utilization. The CIO really working to make sure it all works, you know, from computers, software, networking, security, et cetera. The CDO really needs to be the strategist that understands, okay, we have these foundational systems, we have this EHR, but this is how we're going to maximize the use of that EHR. This is how we're going to bring in the digital front door, improve patient experience, and other emerging technologies into the mix to provide better care. And a lot of these uh, health systems now, the CDO uh, role reports directly to the CEO. So they're lockstep in that digital strategy, both operationally and clinically to understand how we're going to get there. What I do see is variance in that. I see some CDOs answer to uh, CIO, sometimes chief administrative officer, and my role's even been changing recently and, and how that's going to report up to. And But at the end of the day, you, you just have to make sure you concentrate that you, you want to make this person successful. And so number one would be that governance. Number two would be budget. Make sure you have enough money earmarked for those initiatives that your CDO is going to be in charge of. Where I see this role fail is where it's more of lip service and influencer than anything else. Mm -hmm. And those things are great to rile people up and, and start people thinking, but you're not going to be successful in that role doing it that way. You have to be able to execute. You know, it's a, a vision without uh, execution, it's just a dream, right? And so yeah. you have to be able to execute. And, and so but make sure you have a solid budget and, and to empower that person. And a lot of good organizations out there have done that, which is good. And then, again, understanding and closely working closely with the providers, as well as your marketing and experienced folks, to make sure you have a true pulse on what's the need of the health system is also important. Right. That's good advice. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, what happens in the next three years or even even <laughs> shorter amount of time. But yeah, mm -hmm. it certainly seems like a, a very positive for, for healthcare and where things are going. Yeah, I believe so. I tell you, I haven't been this excited to be in healthcare in a long time. I mean, even though we're going through COVID and it is a mess and there's a lot of things going on in the world that need to improve. But it's, it's really been a breath of fresh air to see health systems starting to talk more about digital innovation, digital transformation, digital health. It was a huge topic at HIMSS, as you know, how people have reacted to COVID and what they're doing now. And But I think one of the surveys that they showed on there, I believe Chartist showed it, that 57% of health systems still don't feel that they've really done what they need to do for digital transformation, digital health. So there's a lot of health systems yeah. out there that still are on the starting this journey and really haven't uh, moved forward with it uh, the, way, the way they should have. Yeah, that's true. 
that's why we uh, we appreciate you sharing your story. I think a lot of people are going to benefit from hearing about it. So thank you so much for your time. And uh, I hope I'll be able to catch up with you again in the future. Yeah, absolutely. This was fun. Let me know if I could help. All right, any. great. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.